Hello, I'm Mike Marinaccio, in for Joshua Vickery. And I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Welcome to From the Heart. Orlando is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll meet guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the Heart, with a capital A-R-T. Hi, Michael. Hi, Mary. Oh, man, Michael Marinaccio here in person. I am so excited to do this. I know, it's our first time co-hosting together. Yes. Yes, well, thank you for saying yes. Oh, it's my pleasure. When Joshua away is away, he's always out saving the world through the arts, doing something. <laughs> and right now he's getting ready for a spring concert. Right. In fact, when this airs, it will be this coming Thursday and Friday night. And I'm singing in it. Wow. Yes, I decided to take the plunge. I'm singing alto. And I'm excited. That is so exciting. Yeah. I still got to get you out to do a Fringe show. I would love days. to. We'll talk yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, Fringe, what are you most excited about this year? Well, first of all, everyone, I want you to know, Michael is executive producer of the Orlando Fringe Festival, the oldest in our United States. That's right. And, man, it has truly grown, and you have a lot to do with that. Um, tell For anyone listening right now that might not know what the Orlando Fringe is, give them an idea of what they could expect. Orlando Fringe is a multi-genre performing arts festival that is all independently produced performing arts. So the artists are responsible for their own content and bringing their own innovation. And we don't tell them what they can do and what they can say. Um, It is open to and accessible to the entire community. So um, we have about 50% of our spots are reserved for local artists in the Central Florida area. But we also open it up to national and international artists. So we have 50% of our groups coming from around the country and across the world. This year we have two shows from Japan, a show from Sweden, Australia, UK, Canada, all across the U.S. So it's a really exciting festival. Uh, Last year we had over 70,000 in attendance. Uh, It spans two weeks. Uh, We have over 1,000 performances, including our free performances of live local music on the outdoor stage, our free Kids Fringe event on the weekends. Um, So it's an Orlando staple. And we're really proud to be the oldest fringe festival in the United States going on our 28th year, which is exciting because Orlando is not really the oldest anything Mm -hmm, in the United mm -hmm, States. mm -hmm. So uh, it is a real uh, honor and a claim to fame. and, and, And I'm proud to be producing my eighth festival. Wow. And you do such a good job. Oh. So for someone listening, it, it's almost hard, I imagine, to imagine just what this is. It's at Lake Haven Park for the most part. Lake Haven Park, yeah. But of course, it's sometimes there are things that are on the outstretch. Yeah. So um, the core of our festival is in Lake Haven Park. We have seven venues in the Lounge Shakespeare Center, two venues over at the Orlando Repertory Theater, another theater venue in the Museum of Art. We have the lawn out there with live local music, a beer tent, a full liquor bar, um, uh, uh, food vendors and uh, an amazing festival spirit mm-hmm. out there. But as we've grown uh, and Lock Haven Park has not really grown or the parking there hasn't, we've decided to open it up to more groups outside. So we have independently produced venues mm-hmm. outside of Lock Haven Park. This year we have four of them. Uh, the venue on Virginia Drive, which is going into its last year because it's being yeah, torn I down. Um, uh, the Starlight Room at Savoy. Uh, Breakthrough Theater of Winter Park, and this year our new addition is the Rainbow Venue at the LGBT Center of Central Florida over on Mills. So, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Well, we'll get to talk more about Fringe. Right now we have our first guest here, and I would love you to have the honor of introducing her. Um, this to give you an idea of what Fringe is about. Um, it's things that 
can be thought of and somehow put together. And that's what this particular offering offers. Yeah, there are a lot of shows at the Orlando Fringe that are what we call site-specific, mm-hmm. uh, which is theater that is in non-traditional venues. So we have one in the back of a van, another one in a ladies' room. Uh, we've had camp, uh, uh, overnight campsites. So mm-hmm. we, this year we have a campfire show that's out in Lockhaven Park. In cars, you had one once, remember? Sure, cars, <laughs> yeah. Um, so so it's it really is... Uh, the only limits are the bounds of of the artist's imagination. And I'm really excited about the show I'm about to introduce uh, because it not only is one of those site-specific shows, one of those innovative shows that takes theater outside of the realms of the theaters and the walls of uh, a traditional theater, but it also incorporates our visual fringe, which is another exciting element of the festival where we have visual art for sale Again, 100% of the proceeds go back to the artists on that. I can't wait to meet this Uh, guest. And uh, this amazing woman, Cindy Murray, uh, she put together a show called Art Tour, where she has docents, um, uh, some very funny people, uh, and some amazingly talented people. Mary, I hear you might be a part of this one, too. and they uh, are giving a tour of our visual fringe galleries throughout the fringe. So, ladies and gentlemen... Cindy Murray. Cindy Murray. Yahoo. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, Cindy, tell us about your art tour. Uh, yeah, let's hear it from you. What what inspired you to have this as a tour, and uh, what can we expect? Sure. The catalyst for me is the visual fringe, as you mentioned, the visual artists. And while my entire career has been around the performing arts, I'm also a photographer and very um, uh, visual in everything and how I see the world and see the world from the other side oftentimes. And I wanted to give exposure to the visual arts. And so the idea really came to me last year during the 27th Fringe Festival where I I just thought, you know, how can we get more exposure for the visual artists within the Fringe Festival and this incredible energy fun, crazy, people watching, people queued up at the yellow venue, people in costumes promoting their shows. Um, So it really sparked from last year's Fringe Festival. And then I met with some local talent just to get ideas and get their response. And I got a good response. I also met with Vadim, the curator of the Visual Fringe Festival, and he was really jazzed about it. So I, uh, I actually applied for an awesome foundation grant before I got permission to, to present this at the Fringe, but obviously I believed in it, yeah. and I'm grateful for the opportunity. I think it's going to be a win-win-win for all of the arts, performing arts, visual arts, patrons, ticketed patrons, and people that just walk by. And for those of us uh, doing it, too, we had a meeting the other night, and Boy, we all got excited about how we're going to approach sharing the work. It could be as a character. I think that I will be fans. <laughs> and, uh, or however we will do it. But just to engage people, not just the people on the tour, but the people that are watching the tour happen. It's all part of it. I'm, I'm going to make a prediction that we sell more visual art this year than ever before because of, of you all. So I just want to say front, on behalf of our visual artists, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Bringing attention to it. Yeah. Yeah, and to echo your comments about the local talent, we have amazing performing talent as well in Central Florida, and I'm just honored at the 
the actors that have decided to join us, mm-hmm. uh, there will be no disappointed patron. <laughs> I mean, these actors, I like to describe them as Saturday Night Live caliber, and they're phenomenal. And they're family-friendly. This, this experience is for mm-hmm. ages 7 and up. So we have Eric Pinder, Steve Pernick, Krista Miller, myself, Layden Sadecki, uh, Adam Graham, Terry Olson. Terry Olson. Yeah. Terry Olson. Our commissioner of yes. arts and culture and, uh, for Central Florida and also for Orange County and also one of the founders, the godfather yes. of the Orlando Fringe. Right. Yes. He may be your dancer on the art tour. <laughs> we have Rob Lott and Angela mm-hmm. Napoleon. Yes, yes. Joining us, Brian Chambers supporting yes, Brian it. So Chambers. It's, it's an amazing. Yes. Brian Chambers. Brian Chambers. We did Miracle on 34th Street together and he played Santa. He was oh, my of Santa. Of course he did. I was his lawyer. Aww. I had to defend Santa. Oh, yeah. I love it that. Was, it was really inspiring. Shout out, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, what do you hope that people walk away from the tour having experienced? I would say, number one, just a really fun 30-minute experience. And I'm, I'm hoping that we garner some interest from people that have never been to the Fringe. Uh, younger families, people that you know, have heard about the Fringe and what do I do and where do I go. Maybe they just show up without tickets and they see us and we have the opportunity to promote the Fringe because what we're doing is promoting so many aspects of the Fringe. Again, mm-hmm. the visual and the performing arts and just the experience of being in that really positive energy. There's another really exciting thing about it is that <clears throat> having you all walking around and doing this show where onlookers are just going to see this happening yes. and say what is this but it it all adds to the experience of the fringe right, when exactly. they see um you know just just performances popping up all over the place in between shows they're getting pieces of shows because it's going to be so active uh, we talked about ideas we could have um, maybe the people on the tour acting out what they're seeing in this painting or photograph uh, or what do you think they're thinking and so the more physical we get them engaged and involved with each other and the work the more that brings onlookers it, mm-hmm. and, it, and on and on and on. Cindy, it's brilliant. <laughs> well, and another opportunity for our guests, uh, unlike what we do inside a closed uh, venue and theater, we are encouraging the use of cell phones and selfies and interpreting the experience on your own. Again, we discourage that in the confines of a theater, but mm-hmm. with this experience, you can participate almost as a performer as well. How will people know who's on the tour and who's not on the tour? We will distinguish how people uh, are seen on the tour. Uh, those that purchase tickets get a takeaway. Oh. They get a party hat. You want to look a little birthday <laughs> party hat? A birthday party hat. A confetti <laughs> party hat. And so it will, the, everyone on the tour will wear that. Will the tour guide wear that as well? No. The docents, uh, yeah. the docents will be costumed in ways that portray the character that they are got it it. it's not your grandfather's museum tour oh i like that i love how you incorporated original art into your imagery on your postcards and posters as well um can you tell me a little bit about the piece that is featured on the front of your postcards sure the former curator of the visual fringe anna mccambridge thomas uh graciously agreed to create this illustration, and I will tell you, she was brilliant. She understood the concept in two minutes flat. And in another two minutes, she was already emailing me some sketches and some ideas, and she, I think that she hit the mark on what the fringe is, this funky conglomeration of people 
coming together for the unknown and for taking chances and risks in a in a safe, fun, creative, crazy environment. Such a brilliant idea to bring Anna in too, because Anna is the founder of Visual Fringe, the creator of this concept of bringing visual art to the fringe. Uh, as we've gone through the years, we try to include more and more genres of art, more and more of the community of, of artists, uh, and that included uh, visual artists about 15 years ago when Anna started it, and she was our producer for uh, maybe a decade. I look forward to uh, meeting her. Yeah. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for being here and bringing the visual art. It's, it's not been done before, the visual art tour, fusing two different disciplines together. I'm looking forward to it very much. Thank you. Um, well, thank you. Listeners, we'll be right back. You're listening to Magic 107.7 FM. I'm with Michael Marinaccio sitting in for Joshua Vickery, and you're listening to From the Heart. Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here today with Michael Marinaccio, executive producer of this year's Orlando Fringe. I'm so glad you're here. I am so excited to be doing this with you, Mary. Thank you. It's one of our favorite times of the year. And we can only do 18 shows, and you have over 100, but I'm glad that you always give us an assortment. Only 18. I mean, it's uh, amazing what you do for the arts community and what you do for Fringe during this time of year. And I'm so grateful that you were able to feature this many of our artists uh, and give them an opportunity to talk about their work. It's one of my favorite times of the year. And also, this is one of the reasons, because everyone comes here with such passion about mm -hmm. what they're doing, including our guest that's right here with us right now. I think you're going to like this. I'm going to have you tell us a little bit about Black Cow Jumps and Banks Helfrich, who is sitting right here with us. Yeah, so I, I think one of the most exciting things about The Fringe is it gives an avenue for artists to be really innovative and uh, break the boundaries and try new things and, and think outside the box. And this one is in a traditional theater venue, so it's not like our last show where you're talking about something that's outside of the mm -hmm. bounds of the walls of a theater. It is in a theater, but... Um, it is definitely like nothing I've ever seen before. So I saw, I had a chance to see their, uh, preview at our local teaser and it got me really intrigued. And then I read their description and it got me even more intrigued, <laughs> but I still don't really know what the show's about. So I'm excited to have Banks here to tell us a little bit about Black Cow Jumps. Banks Yay, welcome Banks. Hey, thank you, Mary. So tell us about thank your you, offering. Um, do you, do you mind if I take notes while we're doing this? Not at all. Oh, <laughs> sure. Wonderful. Good. I'm going to take notes. <laughs> all right. Um, Jumping into life, jumping into life, being a part of life and being in life. And that's kind of the whole concept of Blackout Jumps. It is uh, getting uh, performers, artists, uh, and the audience to be in life. Uh, and I use the word jump because it's with the title, Blackout Jumps, um, and jumping uh, or being a part of um, knowing that you exist. Um, it's taking a performance space and making it a regular space uh, and having an audience um, experience a happening, um, multi-vignette, 
um, and getting them involved in seeing something close to real, not reality TV, not that kind of real, but reality, the real things in life. The, the, Experientially, the layers. you mean, and emotionally? Yeah, yes, to, to take away the layers that we have and to just be real. Uh, have you ever been in uh, a living room, or not a living room, a kitchen, and um, seen a conversation between a husband and a wife, um, and been invisible to it? Oh, yeah. Totally. I was on a double date not too long ago, <laughs> and I really thought that for a little while they forgot we were there. That's funny. <laughs> was that a good thing? I mean, it was cool. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like super contentious, but they were definitely kind of... Uh, arguing, yeah, uh, and and uh, my partner Tamisha and I, we just got there. Okay. <laughs> we're still here. Okay. Now, now to take that one step further, how about if you were not conscious, or you were, uh, they were not conscious that you were there, so you were just a fly on the wall. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a voyeuristic, um, I feel, instinct within us that we like to kind of like overhear a conversation going on at a table, and if it gets like. Contentious is good, uh, or or conflictatory, or something that makes you like, wow, this is an interesting conversation I've never heard before. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I try to uh, plug into the nuances of life um, to make people awake. I guess mm -hmm. uh, I, I would love my audiences to come in and just be wide awake, like what's going to happen. Um, Banks, the first time I ever saw you was during a Fringe Festival when you were at a home that I think we drove to or walked to, uh, and we sat in a living room, and I didn't know what to expect. In fact, I went with Cindy Murray, mm -hmm. but we were riveted because it was improvised. Yeah, you could tell it was, but it was real. It wasn't for funny. It was just genuine moments, and then a, a timer would go off a ding, and I, you know what I'm talking about, but... Just so you'll know, it felt like we were sit we were sitting in a living room, watching them in a living room having a real life moment, and it was the most interesting, odd, curious, and um, and rememberable experience I've had at Fringe. I love that show. I've seen that show as well, Living Room Theater, and it's that that intimacy that um, you know theater and live performing arts gives us the opportunity to be uh, intimate and connected between artists and creators and audience members in a way that television and film never can. Mm -hmm. It's the reason why theater and live performing arts will 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 exist for the, the, the uh, continuously throughout all of the history of mankind. It's not going to end just because we have other mediums. And that really, it, it, it sort of heightens that experience. Yeah. Um, I, I like the audiences to be vulnerable, to want to come in and to... Um, uh, explore their own lives. Um, and, and, and they do, I feel they do that by watching um, a, a, a small vignette, a six-minute piece, a seven-minute piece on how to make a sandwich. You know, the, the times you take mustard and you turn it upside down and the water comes out first before <laughs> the mustard comes out. You have to do that in the sink. The details. The, the details of life. And, and that's the... The description of my show, at the end, it's life soup. It's life's mm. soup. It's yeah. the soup. It's the details, the tiny things, the messiness of life, yeah. the, the beauty of it. All the things that marinate over the years and become something different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, 
to, to, to have an audience that is there and open to it. Um, the, the pieces, the vignettes, are self-contained. However, at times, uh, audience members have decided on their own accord to jump with me on stage. Really? And, and that, is, that is up to them. We, <laughs> we don't encourage them. We don't um, pull them on stage. We don't ask them for suggestions or anything. However, at times, I'll give a, 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 an open uh, invitation and if they want to, um, a connection happens. Yeah. Um, Have you ever talked to one of those people that felt the inclination to come and join you later to find out what their impulse was? Did it surprise them as much as it surprised you, perhaps? Um, curiosity is the biggest one. Um, usually it happens later on in the show where they're comfortable with us on stage. The actors, the people on stage are playing very close to themselves. Uh, their veils are very thin. Um, and the audience can trust someone or not trust someone mm. by, by what they see on stage. Um, the, the piece that I did is called The Artic Connection, and uh, an audience member chooses themselves to come up, um, and we create a relationship mm. uh, from nothing on stage. And uh, we had this one woman who uh, I, I, I asked, platonic or romantic, and she went romantic, mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. We created a structure, a relationship. We talked about how we hug, how we kiss, <laughs> how we go out on dates, who pays, who doesn't pay, all the ingredients you put in soup mm-hmm. in, a, in a relationship. Uh, it was beautiful. It's, it, it's got to be really brave for an audience member to do it because I know uh, for a lot of audience members, and I include myself in that, uh, you know, even though I have a history as uh, my, most of my career as an actor, I like to sit in the back of the house. I do not want to be at picked. I'm a, I am a, I'm here to watch, and I'm not in it. And I know a lot of, of, of audience members that are like that. But there's also a lot of people who want to be immersed, who want to yeah. be involved, who want to uh, break down that fourth wall mm-hmm. and, and, and be uh, a part of it. And I think... Like one jumping of the, out of plane. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the cool things about Fringe is we, I, I think we have the bravest audiences around. And the um, bravest performers. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, even though tickets are only $12 maximum for shows, um, it's still, it, you know, people take chances when mm-hmm. they come to Fringe shows. Because we are an unjuried festival, we have everything from polished professional shows that have toured the world and, uh, you know, received awards and sold out houses and played to tens of thousands of people. And then also a guy who decides that he likes telling stories to his grandkids and is going to make a show out of it wow. and go do it. So cool. it really does run the gamut. Um, and that bravery, uh, I think, is going to benefit you in this uh, run of this show. I That's think you're saying get a, lot a lot coming from Michael. That's saying a lot. <laughs> and your instincts are so right on. That's so cool. Thanks. Who's working with you on your project? Oh, wow. Um, I have Give uh, him a, shout out. a slew of about uh, 10 performers wow. nice um, in every production no 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 it's uh, five at the most um usually i have a musician that plays original music um uh, pushing the form of music and performance um guitar or piano um guitarist oh, okay got it and, i remember that from your show yeah um and um aaron lane is one fred zara uh, chris zara um brandon solis uh, those are just a few. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Kate Adams, um, Nick, I can't pronounce his last name, Gurialiccio. 
Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, he, uh, the, he's a host of a show on PRK, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Nick, to a certain degree. Georgie, Georgie. Yeah. He'll be guest jumping with us. Georgie do. So, yeah. So, we have we have 10 total. And we have J.J. Walcott. Very interesting woman who is doing big things in the world. And... I'm putting um, theater and reality together uh, with her, uh, and, and the jump is fascinating. Uh, yeah, that's all I can say about Yay. that. She's a special guest. Fantastic. Uh, what has Fringe meant to you over the years, the Orlando Fringe Festival? Um, I was in the first three Fringes back when it was wow. on Church Street. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did an outdoor venue. Um, I created shows, uh, and these shows then went on to... Um, perform on Late Show with David Letterman, uh, and then my touring shows that I do uh, in schools and libraries and festivals. And Do you um, attribute uh, Fringe to those shows that you took on tour to the children at schools? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yes. That's so cool. Um, yes, because Fringe was uh, like, try whatever you want to, and I, I have this idea where I want to stuff myself with newspaper. So it <laughs> turned into The Caridian Comedian, which was a, a, a reading show for kids. Caridian comedian, um, and, and Jiggleman came kind of out yeah, of that too. Yeah, Jiggleman. Mm-hmm. Ended up going to. Um, so you've been uh, able to cultivate show. your life around the arts and your creativity. That's wonderful. Yes, I. For anyone out there wanting to take the plunge and do the same thing, what would you suggest to them? Um, don't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, I, wow. What do I say to them? Yeah. Um, what words of encouragement would you give them or advice? Create, uh, create something that is you. Mm. Um, every time that I've created something, it's been very close to me. Mm-hmm. Black Cow Jumps is this way. Um, and it is something that uh, I find out. I'm, I'm, basically, I'm a comedian by nature. My, my work is in comedy. And Black Cow Jumps is not, I mean, it's comedy, but it's beyond that. It's more. It's life. It's connection. It's, uh, so what do I say to them? Find a Gosh, uh, like how many seconds do we have? Uh, like under one yep. minute. Under one minute. <laughs> Not under one second. But no pressure. Under one minute. <laughs> how about if we just jump, the three of us? Uh, just jump. I like that. You know what? Just take the plunge. Yes, jump. If you're interested in doing something, don't think about it. Do it. I like that. Um, yeah. Is that yeah, what, what you mean by that? Just I mean I jump, you... like jump into life. Like jump, like connect, like look into each other's eyes and see each other. Like... Um, Find the details, the soup, the ingredients of, of life uh, and mix them around. The, you know, look at someone and get them and see the tears in their eyes when you look at them long enough. How many more seconds do we have? Um, <laughs> you know what? I think you just said it. I think you just said it all. Look into their eyes. And that's what the arts do. They help us look from ourselves into others and to receive others. It's lovely. Banks Helfrick, thank you so much for being here today on From the Heart. Um, once again, uh, OrlandoFringe.org. OrlandoFringe.org, yes. Okay. And there's an Orlando Fringe app that you can get and purchase your tickets through that as well. Here, here. Thank you, listeners. We'll be right back on Magic 107.7 From the Heart.
Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Here today, sitting in for Joshua Vickery, is Michael Marinaccio, executive producer (laughs) of Orlando Fringe. Hi, Michael. I'm so glad you're here. I am so excited to be here. uh, And I've been having so much fun. It's flying by. It is. It's just flying by. One of the things that uh, I admire about you, Michael, is that you carry so much responsibility with this entire Orlando Fringe, but you're always so chill and so easy to just converse with and hang with. What do you attribute that to? I attribute that to an amazing team uh, of people that gets things done. Um, you know, we at this point, if we're all running around like chickens with our heads cut off, then we didn't really do the work that we needed to do beforehand to get it done. And I, I, I feel like, um, you know, from as a leader, it's important to uh, keep your a cool head and make sure that if when everybody else is getting stressed out, you're there to go, hey, you need something? Let me help you out. Mm. You know what I mean? How do we make this better? How do we fix this? How do we... So problem solving and, and all of that is uh, something that I've learned to do a lot more from this job. But uh, Were you always that way growing up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's always been a part of me. And, and before uh, I was producer of The Fringe, I was producing shows, directing shows. Uh, basically, I decided early on in my career that if I wanted to do something, I was going to do it myself, make it happen. I'm not going to wait for some opportunity to come along that may never come along. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, I'm just going to make it happen. That's uh, a leader. And so <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And so many people from around the world have benefited from it. Speaking of someone from around the world, around our world, one of my favorite fringe participants is here as our final guest today. Would you do the honors of giving the introduction? Absolutely. So I was really excited about our last guest uh, and, and Black Cow Jumps because he's talking about, even though there's not really a plot about connection, you know, people, uh, how the theater is is helping to connect people. And, uh, and that's a really great thing. But I think also what's important is sometimes distraction and comedy and being able to laugh. And um, our guest today, Steve Schneider, is one of our best playwrights at Orlando Fringe, who is witty and comedic mm-hmm. and smart and always a little bit subversive mm-hmm. and controversial. <laughs> and I love that about your shows because they are they they are a distraction. Uh, they take you out of you know your 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 regular life, but they also challenge uh, people. So uh, here, the creator of Blackwood, Steve Schneider. Yes. Good evening, everybody. Welcome, Steve Schneider. What a wonderful intro. That was great, How does right? that make you feel? I want to print it out on a card so I can carry it around. <laughs> Better Take than it that. to the DMV and say, this is my last name now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you a copy of that and just walk around and make everyone listen. Here's who I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us about your fringe, your fringe history and then tell us about what you're bringing this year. Uh, well, uh, this is my fifth show as a fringe producer, my sixth show as a writer. I've been on this side of the aisle for uh, nine years now. Before that, I was a fringe reviewer. So I've kind of seen the fringe from a number of different angles. I think the 25th year fringe, the anniversary year, was the only time that I had no involvement as other than just as an audience member, member, which was weird. Um, So yeah, I've been doing shows on some level or another since about 2010, and uh, they've all been different, and they've all been really great, edifying experiences. When you think of highlights of the, your years participating in Fringe, what comes to mind of aha moments or personal growth or artistic growth for you? Gee, I think they they all are. If you're, you know, uh, Escape from Baldwin Park in 2014 was the first time I wrote and produced, which was a major leap, which 
friends had encouraged me to make, but obviously your first time, you know, producing, if you consider yourself like a creative type, that's kind of a, I can't sell anything. Why, you know, why are you telling me to do this? Can I pay someone to do it? And then just when it's, you know, knock wood when it's successful, you know, that's really edifying. But it's always just the experience of seeing an audience enjoy something that you've been working on for a while whether you see that, you know, hear that joke really land the way you hope that it did or, uh, uh, you know, a song that you've been, you know, trying to finish for 25 years or something and you see people, you know, sort of singing along or whatever, that's, you know, that's like an irreplaceable experience. So I think fortunately every every fringe, you know, if you if you follow your heart, you follow your passion, whatever cliche you want to use, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up to have those experiences all the time. Wow, that was a great answer. This show, uh, I'm excited about this one because you've you've uh, with Escape from Bowen Park, you were kind of spoofing Orlando, right? Um, had Commissioner Patty Sheehan as a character who, yeah. and she came to see it like five uh, times, five times, five times. Yes, I um, love that. God love you. Patty. The Weightless Murders was a, a spoof of of the Fringe itself, um, yeah. but this one you're taking, uh, you're going a little bit outside of the bounds. Uh, and it's set in 1967 at yeah. A, yeah. Uh, a supernatural soap opera like right. a la um, Dark Shadows. Right, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. I'm glad you noticed that too because this is, I think I realize this is the first show that I've done that has no locally oriented content whatsoever. <laughs> and it just didn't fit the material, you know. It's a show, it's a soap opera in 1967. It'd be, you know, filming and broadcasting in New York. So there's really no... I think slowly but surely I've been, not deliberately, but I've sort of been getting away from a local focus or what people will call it inside humor yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, the, the material, you get the idea and then the idea dictates what the material is going to be. So I'm not saying I would never go back to that. People like that. But I think it's one of those things where five years from now, if I look back on it and say, like, you know, what was the purpose behind the trajectory of your you know career? Uh, you know, I might be able to find out some interesting things about why I'm moving in this direction. Sure, and Fringe is a great place for doing inside humor, and for because you have a community that is that is really built around it, and will get those jokes. Right. But at the same time, to create something that's totally outside of that, now you've created something where it may have a life beyond the Fringe uh, that the other shows may not have had. Right. Which, as a producer, you know, you kind of mm-hmm. think about. You're like, although strangely, there were people who thought that uh, they thought the waitlist murders could travel because you could just franchise the script and say just fit in with the like the names of like the respective uh, people in your community which Mad seemed Lips to me play. like a lot of legwork to expect from people you know <laughs> but uh yeah who knows i've had people who have read this script and they've said you know oh well you could either do this as a series it could be like a soap opera mm-hmm. or, you know itself where we could have you know, i don't know we'll we'll see to me i think at this point i think it might make this statement that it makes all on its own but you know well, tell the audience a little bit about what they can expect. Okay. Well, as Mike, Mike gave me a great setup. It is a, it's a comedy. It's an ensemble comedy. It's in the year 1967, and it's behind the scenes of a supernatural-themed TV daytime soap opera that is very much like Dark Shadows if Dark Shadows had been put on a smaller, even smaller budget and done by people who were even more confused. And it's the first day on the job for a young actress who is 21 years old and straight out of method acting school. Uh. And she is learning rapidly that the skill set that you learn in acting school is largely different to the one that you use when you're putting on a daytime live soap opera about vampires and ghosts and witches. So there's a little bit of friction. It's obviously a very... Um, if you want to say it's like laughter on the 23rd floor was to, you know, your show shows Sid Caesar. That's very, I'm sure that the influence is in there. Dave Russell, our director, uh, 
he had directed Laughter on the 23rd Floor at Mad Cow, which was one of the main reasons. Sure, I that saw I, that production too. Yeah, yeah. It was a great production, great production, wonderful people in it, and he did a great job. And since this is very, very similar, and I've, I've known Dave you know, for going on 20 years now, but we've never worked together, and uh, he just seemed kind of... Uh, you know, a perfect choice. I mean, he's or, Orlando comedy is practically his middle name. You yeah, know, which and makes it hard on him at the funny, DMV. Man. Former yeah. artistic director of Sat Comedy Lab, right? Uh, mm-hmm. He is the present current current president. Current president, current president. Yes. yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and author. He's written mm-hmm. a book. He's quite a renaissance man. And we <laughs> and have he's a, a madman. We on have stage. wonderful cast who have appeared everywhere from Mad Cow to Sack to. Uh, uh, you know, uh, stand-up hosting nights, which is a great. Um, they all have a real good sensibility for this kind of humor, which because if, you know, if your show's set in 1967, the, the the sort of the level of the discourse and the interaction has to be kind of era specific. And they're show business people, so they'll be you know they'll have a certain kind of snappy like patois to them. And these people, the cast is there's a wide age range, but they're all so good at that style. Yay. That style. They have a they came in and they had a mutual level and uh they just know, you know, how big to play things and how to play off each other, wow. which is kind of great. You yeah. Know? That fine line there. Yeah. Wow. Um what are things that what are, I'm just curious to ask you, what are things that make you laugh regularly? What are the things that, that make you laugh? laugh? That, you, you know, too, it's so different. I want you to answer that too. It's so it's so different. You know, um, it, all comedy comes from really a, a, a common source, which I think is like human insecurity and anxiety, <laughs> where the things that we're afraid of that uh-huh. bother us. And I think it's just, I don't like mean humor. Yeah. I don't like humor that's designed like I can be. You know, it can be biting and it can be take no prisoners or whatever, but. I consider the stuff to be that I do, or at least what I shoot for. Underneath it, I want it to be kind of sweet. I want it to be an acceptance of our mutual foibles and not like, here I am sitting in judgment, right. superior to you, mm-hmm. and you're funny and I'm not. Because anyone who has no sense of humor about themselves has no sense right. of I humor. Right, I think it's important for a comedian to be self-deprecating, and, and that's something that I find very funny because when comedians are talking about things that we all think but yes. won't admit we think mm-hmm. right. or you know these 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 kind of the, the 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 darker thoughts and the things that uh and are open about it and sharing those things uh about themselves it allows us to open up and uh laugh at ourselves as well sure because mm-hmm. we have to aware that we have that constant friction between the way we want to come across to other people, the way we want to present mm-hmm. ourselves in the world, and the way that we're afraid that we probably really are. Yeah. You know? Right. And we'll never really you know. know. So I, I, th- a- I think it's important to embrace that. And in a show like this, this show is in some, obviously it's mostly a, a, a kind of wacky, whimsical comedy, but uh, some people have picked up on the fact that in places it's it's kind of poignant. It's a little bit of a character study and it's very much a study of the time because when you start writing a show that's set in 1967, you can't get away from that. Mm -hmm. Even if these people are sequestered in a TV studio every day, um, it was such a watershed moment. I mean, three months of 1967 is like 30 years of American history anywhere mm-hmm. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? yep. So I just thought it was interesting. It's just, I didn't plan it, but it just sort of evolved organically that of course we would be seeing how these people are reacting to all these changes that are going on just outside their studio which as you know self-identified hip liberal new york you know types that um 
it's kind of funny that they still don't really understand that. They don't see, they can see that things in life are changing, but they're not really aware of how or why or where they fit into it, which again is, you know, you could say that's another thing that we have in common that makes us funny and kind of frail and, and, you know, and worthy of affection is that, you know, the world changes around us all the time and it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Yeah. We got to, we have to cling to our, each other and, and, you know, try to manage it. But it's also funny to watch us try to do it and when we're not doing a really good job at it. <laughs> and then for you to make light of it so we can laugh at ourselves, it, that makes way for us to deal with it a little easier. So thank you for the work you put out. Oh, God bless mm-hmm. you. Sure. Uh, I wish we had more time with you. It's always a pleasure when I see you and I see your work. We're down to like less than two minutes. Can you believe this? I can just go on and on. If people want to get in touch with you um, for whatever reason, maybe they have something they want to commission you to write or want to know what you're up to, how can they get in touch with you? Um, Just uh, social media. I am not not hidden on social media at all. Uh, You know, uh, contact me through that. I'm, I'm on there as Steve Schneider for, you know, for better or worse. That's not the name. My name is just Steve <laughs> Schneider. Maybe I should. Maybe I should Steve change Schneider, it. So, so. Uh, if or, they, they can just Google search you, Orlando, Florida, Steve Schneider. Or they can just show up at the Orlando Fringe and come see Blackwood. I uh, think Because you know better. that Steve will be there at every performance. Yeah. Well, at we Blackwood, were at judging Fringe? his artists. We were ju- no. At OrlandoFringe.org, really? <laughs> at OrlandoFringe.org or on yeah. our Orlando Fringe app on uh, iPhone or Android. I like yes. that. See yeah. how we got that in? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> great segue. Well, this brings us to the end of this episode. I can't thank you enough, Michael Marinaccio, for being here for Joshua Vickery. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you, Steve, Tell for being Joshua our final guest. Oh, thank you. Often. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, so Josh, popular. stay away. He's out saving the world through art. Listeners, thank you so much for being here today. More Fringe to come next week. Fringe uh, 19th year. Uh, I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. And today, Michael Marinaccio was sitting in for Joshua Vickery. We'll catch you next time. From the heart. Thanks all.